you've listened to the previous episodes on prayer, you're probably feeling quite inspired, but maybe also a little bit discouraged. Because while the religious life is shaped in such a way as to create the perfect environment for prayer, you know, that you're living a life of silence and recollection so that you can easily slide into a place of contemplation. For the average person living in the world, that's not going to be that easy. And I think this is where we can have a sense that prayer is something that is a luxury for those who are able to escape the busyness of the world. I really believe that we need to reshape our thinking around this because God knew what human life was like. You know, the whole point of God becoming human and experiencing all of our temptations, you know, tempted in every way as we are, but he did not sin, as it says in the scriptures. He, he knows how hard it is to get time to pray. And there's something about the message of Christ, which I think is meant to speak directly into the human experience. And this is where I think we need to develop a spirituality of hunger. If you just look over the topics that I've tried to cover in this podcast so far, having looked at the mystery of God's love and then the great mystery of sin and the human heart, and then how do we delve into a relationship with God? Is there a place where all three of these things meet? I think there is. You know, I think that really central to the ministry of Jesus was he was trying to tell us that the kingdom of God is in our midst. You know, it's not something we have to leave the world to find. It's not even something that we have to leave ourselves behind so that we can come into this sort of artificial sanctity. I think really the, the revolution of what Christ was revealing is that we can find him in the midst of our deepest mess. He has come into the mess so that we can meet him there. So let me explain what I mean by this spirituality of hunger. Very simply, I think what it means is you've got to pray out of your hunger. When I spoke about sin in previous episodes, I was really trying to identify the fact that our sin comes from somewhere. Our sin is a way of trying to medicate a pain inside the human soul. The human heart is hungry. Now, this is something I think particularly unique about human beings. All animals are hungry physically but we are hungry spiritually. You know, there is something about the way the human being has been created that we are perpetually in need. You know, if you think of a bear, a bear has got everything it needs to survive. It's got fur, it's got claws, it's got teeth. It doesn't need things. And yet there is something about human beings. We've been made intrinsically poor and vulnerable. We need clothing, we need tools, we need housing. You know, if we don't have these things, we die. There is a vulnerability that has to be covered. You know, and we see something of that in the earlier story of the Garden of Eden, where, where God makes clothing for Adam and Eve to cover them in their nakedness. And maybe that's the first meeting point. 
you know, we, we are so busy and distracted trying to cover our nakedness, cover our, our need, our vulnerability. That's the place where God wants to meet you. It's not a matter of deal with your need and then go and speak to God, but rather it's about come to God with your vulnerability. The fact that you are hungry and cold and naked and scared and needing, needing everything to survive. That's the place God wants to meet you. It was the first place he met Adam and Eve after the fall. But there's a deeper sense, I think, there in which God wants to actually speak into the deep hungers of the human heart. There is something which has always intrigued me about the Gospels, the way that there is so much spoken about food. You know, right from the beginning of, of the New Testament, Jesus is born in the town of Bethlehem. You know, Bethlehem comes from the word house of bread. You know, he calls himself the bread of life. He's constantly telling parables about wedding banquets. You know, when Jesus stands up in the temple, he basically says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink, for out of the believer's heart will flow rivers of living water. When he speaks to the woman at the well, he says, if only you knew who you were speaking to, you would ask him and he would give you life-giving water. You know, these images of hunger and thirst are then met by this constant image of bread and water. You know, and once again, it echoes the stories we have from the Old Testament of this, this promise where God says, I will bring water into the desert. You know, I'll allow, I'll allow life to well up where there is just dryness and death. See, this is, I think, what God is trying to say. He wants to meet you in your deepest hunger. He wants to meet you in your greatest thirst. That is the place of encounter. And if I could say it in such a way, your sin becomes a place of encounter. And try to understand carefully what I'm saying here. If our sin is an expression of our hunger, it's, it's a way of us trying to medicate this deep hunger inside the human heart. And God is wanting to meet you in that place. Then really what he's trying to say is, when you sin, don't run away in shame. Don't go and hide or pretend that everything's okay. But actually bring to me the pain. Bring to me the hunger of your heart. And let's start a conversation right there. You know, when Jesus says in the beginning of John's gospel, what are you looking for? There's something similar to this. It's saying, you know, where are you hungry? Where are you looking to feed that hunger in all the wrong ways? And how can I now meet you and reveal my love to you in that place? And so as I said at the beginning, I think this is where we find the meeting point between these three great mysteries of the Christian life, between our sin, the love of God, and the mystery of prayer. All three of them are meant to be linked together. It's not as though we, we deal with our sin and then start praying and then we discover the love of God. They're actually all meant to occur at the same time, at the same place. 
many years ago, I was talking to a, a group of men about prayer and I, and I made the comment that those who struggle the most with addictions have the potential to become the greatest saints. And there's one guy in the room very quickly woke up and stopped me mid-sentence. And he said, say that again and tell me whether you actually made it. Because this guy had struggled for many years with alcohol addiction. And he had come from a, a deep place where he believed that, you know, God couldn't really accept him. You know, he, he was a broken, addicted man, and there was no way that he could ever really advance in the spiritual life. The best he could do was just spend the rest of his days repenting. But really what I was, was trying to say was that there are some people who are deeply aware of their hunger and driven insane by it. And, and often these are the people who struggle the most with addiction in our world. But what I said, I, I, I genuinely did mean it, and I, knew, and I do believe it, that those are the, also the same people who have the potential to become the greatest saints. You know, because there are some people in the church who, you know, they go to church on a Sunday, they pray for five minutes, and they're quite content. And they're never going to cause much trouble outside in the world. They're not that hungry. They're not that hungry for God. They're not that hungry for the things of the world either. I think when you look at the lives of the great saints, they were the ones who were probably tormented deeply by this burning hunger that they knew nothing in the world could fill it. And, and many of them, when you read the stories, you realize that they had spent many years trying desperately to fill it with the things of the world. You know, you look at St. Augustine or many of his, many of the other great saints who spent years chasing after things to fill the hunger of their heart. And yet in the end, realized that the only way they could be satisfied was by pursuing the bread of life, pursuing the water of life that was promised by Christ. You see, I think this is where your hunger becomes the source of your desire and it becomes the thing which leads you deeply into the heart of Jesus. So we need to reimagine the whole of the spiritual life. This is not about an escape from the world. It's about God meeting us in our deepest brokenness, in our deepest nakedness and vulnerability. He comes to clothe us. He comes to feed us. But I think it also means that we need to look differently at I suppose, the qualifications of sainthood. You know, the saint is not the person who has simply no desires at all, the person who has never ever been tempted to sin. I think it's quite the opposite. I think it's the person who is deeply aware of the battle that rages inside their heart, but they know who to go to. And they're able to turn that interior torment into something which brings life to their hearts and then brings life to the whole world. There's a, a beautiful line in the book of Job, chapter 28, which I always love, where it simply says, Out of the earth comes bread, yet underneath it is ravaged as by fire. And the whole chapter is really talking about this pursuit of wisdom and it's really a great image of prayer, trying to delve into the very depths of the earth to, 
to find gold and bring it to the surface for the rest of the world to enjoy. But I think what, it, what that one line speaks to me of is the fact that even though the saints on the surface look like they are living in peace and they look like their lives are filled with fruitfulness, you know, out of the earth comes bread, yet underneath it is ravaged as by fire. They are the ones who are aware of their hunger. They are the ones who every day come into prayer desperately crying out to be fed. And it's, it's out of that meeting place between their hunger and the love of God. That's where they are able to then pour out fruit upon the whole world. So let's pray that we can revision the whole spiritual life and allow our hearts to become a meeting place between these grand mysteries.